places, everyone. Five, four, music, and action! It's Peter Tilden. Action! Ten oh seven, the time on Talk Radio seven ninety K A B C Royal Oaks. In for Peter Tilden today. I hope you're having a great Friday. I imagine it's not quite as tense for you as it is for one Judge Kavanaugh back east. So we're gonna we're gonna take a look at that topic very carefully. But uh, I love the fact you guys have been uh, very forthcoming about your views. Uh, calling in to Doug, let's keep that going. Uh, let's have you uh, vote. One eight hundred two 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 K B C. The number. How would you vote if you were a senator called upon to decide the fate of Judge Kavanaugh? 1-800-222-5222. How would you vote and why would you vote that way? I'll give you my take, but very interested in your thoughts because, you know, do the math. Senator Collins and Senator Manchin, that, they are the deciders. Okay, because we've heard earlier today, Senator Murkowski is a big no. She's a thumbs down on Judge Kavanaugh. And she, folks, is a Republican. So the razor-thin margin just got half of a razor. Instead of 51-49, it's now 50-50. Now, you know what it means if there's a tie? Vice President Mike Pence breaks the tie, so Kavanaugh's got a smile on his face. But there is no more margin for error. And so that leaves two folks. There's Collins from Maine, and there's Manchin from West Virginia. Now, I happen to know that those folks are huge fans of KBC. So if you get your votes in here over the next couple of hours, we'll just forward the results to Manchin's and Collins's office. And who knows? Now, you're aware of the high noon situation today, right, folks? High noon today, Pacific time, at that moment, Senator Collins from Maine has said she's going to announce her decision. I don't know if you're a fan of High Noon like I am. It's my favorite movie. Gary Cooper, 1952. The moron governor pardons the evil Frank Miller, who's showing up on the noon train to kill poor Gary Cooper, who's just married Grace Kelly. What a wonderful couple. Well, we got our own High Noon right now in the United States. Senator Collins has said for whatever reason she's going to announce Now, the vote's going to be tomorrow in the Senate. Yes, they work Saturdays. But she's going to announce today. Does that tell you something about which way she might be leaning? 1-800-222-KABC. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to John in Northridge. You're on KABC. Welcome. Hello, John. I don't think we've got John, but we'll get him back in a minute. So here's my problem with the process that uh, the Kavanaugh drama has seen over the last few weeks. I don't think either side has the slightest interest in the truth. With the Republicans, it's all go, go, go. We've got to get this in the books, all right? We've got to have a decision now. Why? Because if we wait until after November, then the red state Democrats don't have to worry about paying the price at the polls. And if we can get into January, the Democrats might control the Senate. So good luck, President Trump, nominating anybody to the Supreme Court that the Republicans would want. And So that's, that's the bottom line. With the Republicans, it's go, go, go. With the Democrats, it's slow, slow, slow. And so the problem is they're not into the issue of fairness or due process or truth. Let's face it, the Democrats are mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore about Merrick Garland. 
Merrick Garland was put up as a kind of a moderate, slightly left of center nominee for the Supreme Court by President Obama with mm, the better part of a year left in Obama's last full year. And the Republicans who control the Senate said, no, no, we don't think we're going to uphold our constitutional obligation to advise and consent. We're just not going to hold a hearing. So the Democrats were really chapped about that. So much so that after they had sort of the, the, uh, the practice session with Neil Gorsuch, since uh, he was replacing Scalia, it wasn't going to change any votes. But when you move... To the new justice, Kavanaugh replacing Anthony Kennedy, the swing vote, the upholder of same-sex marriage, and a lot of progressive values, then it's time to fight, okay? So bottom line is the Republicans wanted to go fast. The Democrats wanted to go slowly. So what do you think the real, the real proper, appropriate approach to, to this whole Kavanaugh thing should be. I think there are some guidelines that we could take a look at that would sort of help us toward this goal of fairness and due process. Here's one guideline for you. Assault, sexual assault is serious. It is not a joke. It is not boys will be boys. It is a crime. It can have long-standing effects. Harvey Weinstein and, uh, and a lot of these other guys, Cosby, they belong in prison. Cosby's on his way. Harvey's still got to face the music. So that's topic one. Assault is serious. Number two, often there are no witnesses and corroboration is kind of hard because harassment is inherently private in almost all circumstances. Third point, it's often unreported because of shame, because of retribution, because of threats, because it's expensive. Fourth point, the Me Too movement has done a tremendous service by encouraging reports and punishing offenders and deterring assaults. So these are some realities. Good news for the Me Too movement. Now some bad news for the Me Too movement. The next point I'd make is not every allegation is true. And the consequences of untrue allegations are devastating. And how about the fact that it is not essential to seek and obtain corroboration? The allegation may be true and may be proven without it, but it's certainly reasonable to seek corroboration. And there are a whole bunch of kinds of corroboration. How about witnesses? How about oral contemporaneous statements when somebody comes out of a room crying and screaming and talks to people? How about documents, written statements around the time that it happened. How about circumstantial evidence? How about character evidence as to whether somebody has a pattern of doing this kind of thing? Hint, hint, Bill Cosby. So you don't have to have corroboration to conclude that somebody did it, but isn't it a good job? Isn't it a good idea to try to get it? Sometimes it's reasonable to believe without corroboration if the credibility battle tips to the accuser. But sometimes it's not. Look at motives, political motives. Are they lying? The bottom line is the deciders, the deciders should be unbiased. You do not want the mom of the accused deciding whether he is guilty. You do not want the dad of the accuser deciding whether she was in fact a victim. You don't want the party trying to achieve some political objective. You don't want a party desperate to save abortion rights and same-sex marriage and, and Obamacare. Uh, you want totally neutral prosecutors and judges and jurors. You don't have that situation. You say, well, then change the damn system. Get people involved who will be objective. 
What's your take on all this? 1-800-222-KABC. Royal Oaks in for Peter Tilden. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to John in Northridge. Uh, welcome to KABC. Hey, John, you're on the air. There we go. Can you hear me this time? I can hear you this time. Awesome. Thanks for waiting. Fire away. Not a problem. So I would have to vote against his uh, confirmation, um, not because I think he would be a bad justice, but um, I, and I agreed with everything he came out against when, in his opening statements, how he railed against the Senate and his treatment by Senate. He did rail. I think Matt Damon railed even better, though. Oh, yeah. Did you uh, see him on Saturday Night Live? Didn't see him. Oh, you got to check it out on YouTube. He starts out and he says, I'm going to start at an 11. I'm going to go to a 15 real quick. And it was a perfect take on Kavanaugh. All right, so what's your bottom line? Why would you vote against him then? Well, even though I agree with everything he said, it was the forum at which he said it. And the language he used, which was particularly partisan, and it, 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 it is. Even but wasn't the attack on him particularly partisan? Oh, wasn't Diane Feinstein's holding on of the letter for for weeks that, or months? Wasn't that partisan? Absolutely, and I don't disagree with that. And a senator and a congressman, they're going to be partisan. That's not a judge. Yeah, but he's a human being. Did oh, you see absolutely. his op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal this morning? Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I understand completely. Yeah, I mean, he said, I, 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 did, I was too emotional, but I was there as a dad, I was there as a son, I was there as a father. I mean, he's been accused, basically, of gang rape, sexual assault, his entire reputation. This is his epitaph that is being drafted. He, ha- he has this emotional need to, to actually you know, project himself into the debate. And you know what I think happened, John, is that... He was on uh, uh, Martha McCallum on Fox News, and he was so low-key, and he was laid back. And I think people lit into him, and they, they said, Brett, you got to really come on strong in that hearing, because it wasn't enough what you said to McCallum. People only are going to believe you if you show some, some true fury at, at the, the outrageous, unfair nature of these allegations. So, yeah, I think he went over the top, but I think it, he just felt he had to project his emotion. Oh, I completely agree with everything you just said. Uh, but when you come down to the bottom line, if his confirmation is going to make 20 to 30 percent of our population apoplectic. And it, it, oh, they're already apoplectic. They were apoplectic from the day Trump was was uh, uh, he won. Do you remember the video of the people gnashing of the teeth, uh, the rending of garments, the the, the 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 clinical major depression? The, the one quarter of the nation needed to be institutionalized. Oh, I completely understand, and I agree with that. But there's a solution to that. In four years, more people go to the election and get rid of the president. We're, we're talking about a lifetime appointment. And the, the, the court's decisions, if, if the, enough of the population don't agree with them and decide not to follow them, I think we've got a problem. You know, I, I hear you, John, and I think you're right. It is a lifetime import, appointment, could not be more important. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's also important not to trash somebody's reputation oh, and, let, and let, him, let him defend himself. Hey, John, we've got a bunch of other callers who want to weigh in. Uh, thank you for calling, though. Uh, let's move to Nick in West Hills. Nick, you're on KBC with Royal Oaks in for Peter Tilden. How you doing, Nick? Great. How about you, Royal? Fine, thanks. Wonderful. I believe uh, in a yes vote. Um, I also see that this is about Roe v. Wade. And if Roe v. Wade was overturned, it would be states would decide. Each state would decide uh, to either 
get rid of abortion. We have to remember, abortion stops a beating heart. Well, you know what, Nick? Some people are worried that it would go beyond that. Some people are worried that if the really pro-life folks take over, it isn't just, oh, well, there's no word privacy in the Constitution, therefore we're going to let the states decide. It's up to them. Some people say that the pro-life folks could get in there and say, guess what? Uh, A fetus is a human being. It's murder if you abort, and therefore the states don't have a choice. They're worried that abortion will actually be illegal. Now, I frankly have no idea whether if Clarence Thomas and Brett Kavanaugh and maybe the third Trump pick got together, if that would happen. I have a feeling that Chief Justice Roberts is going to stand firm and say, look, precedent means something. We are not going to overturn Roe versus Wade. But I think that's what people are worried about. Well, I think the, the it should be pro-choice. I think the baby should choose. Let the baby grow up to be about seven and say, hey, do you want to go back in a time machine and be aborted? Yeah, that's a little that's a little difficult to facilitate your proposal there, but I appreciate you sharing your thoughts, uh, Nick. Hey, let's uh, go to Garrett in Pasadena. Garrett, you're on KBC. Welcome. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing fine. Uh, I would encourage I would encourage the senators on our side to vote no. For one thing, and, and, and I, I have to fault you for not pointing this out when you were talking about the mechanisms of how we got here, Remember that Mitch McConnell, the very same man that is trying to push this vote through rapidly, the very same man stated that that with uh, with uh, Merrick Garland, the reason for not holding a hearing was that we needed to wait and see what the people say in an election. The hypocrisy of the of the of the Republican leaders of the Senate here is staggeringly large. You're absolutely right, Garrett, but let's be fair. The hypocrisy is endemic in Washington on both sides. Do you remember back when uh, Joe Biden was running the Senate and he wanted to he wanted to put off the nomination process because a Republican president was putting up somebody, and he said the exact same thing that Mitch McConnell said. He said, "Oh, let's uh, let's put it off. You know, with the, the the Supreme Court justice should be picked by the president, chosen by the people." You're right. The Republicans are dishonest and hypocritical. But I gotta say, they're both not dishonest the Repu- and hypocritical. Not just, the, not just the Republicans. And the example you gave, I do remember. This comes down to the same person. Yeah, no, no, you're right. There is no honesty among politicians. All they care about is winning. Their DNA consists of this, you know, uh, this gooey, gelatinous substance having to do with winning political battles. They don't really care. I will say this, though, Garrett. I know people have given the, the Republicans a hard time about the idea, oh, well, let's delay, and you know, Mitch McConnell played this fast one. Really, how different is that from what Ted Kennedy did to Robert Bork? Robert Bork was totally qualified to be on the Supreme Court. It just happened to be that he was right of center, and he had some views that that Ted Kennedy thought were bad. And so Kennedy, with a Democrat-controlled Senate, made sure that Bork got Borked. How different is that uh, from Merrick Garland getting getting, uh, delayed? Again, these guys want to win. I agree that it was wrong, but essentially the argument you're making, and you're a lawyer, you know this doesn't hold water, you don't get to argue that something isn't wrong because somebody else also did it. No, no, you're right. There's only one truth. 
I just think that the truth should be if somebody is qualified and the president is right or left to center, that, yeah, they should be able to uh, be voted on. 1022 The Time, Talk Radio 790K, ABC, Royal Oaks. And for Peter Tilden, if you'd like to share your thoughts, we are going to compile the uh, the numbers and send them off to Collins, who's going to make her decision at high noon, 1-800-222-KABC, 1-800-222-5222. And a special announcement, breaking news. You've wondered what happened to the Diane Feinstein letter that she got from Dr. Ford. I have the answer. We are going to break the news as to where Feinstein was hiding the letter from Dr. Ford a little later in this hour. Stay with us. 1020 at the time. Talk radio 790K ABC. Royal Oaks in for Peter Tilden. Do you recognize this song in the background? Tex Ritter, 1952. The movie High Noon. Gary Cooper was about to meet his fate. And at High Noon... Our time today, Senator Collins from Maine is going to announce her vote on Kavanaugh. 1-800-222-KBC for your vote. Let's go to Landris in Los Angeles. You're on KBC with Royal Inn for Peter. Hi, good morning from the West Coast here. I would vote yes uh, to confirm because of no burden of proof has not been met. Allegations are nothing but just that unless it's been proven by evidence, a preponderance of evidence. And also, having grown up in the South, when an accusation used to get you hung without, because of mob rule, well, guess what? The same thing is happening in Kavanaugh. So in what way did, did her allegations said, fall short in your mind, Landris? Her allegations fell short because she never spoke about it to anybody. She never mentioned it to anyone. And well, I she did tell you, her therapist in 2012 that uh, the incident yeah, happened. She I'll got a few details wrong. That too. And, you know, yeah. allegedly she told her husband the name of Kavanaugh around the time, but nobody's really followed up on that. Now, her husband might be biased. He might lie. But if, in fact, she did in 2012 in couples therapy say not only to the therapist it happened this way, that way, but also told her husband it was Brett, that would be kind of a big deal. That was way before he was on the radar screen for a shortlist for Supreme Court. But but that didn't happen, so I'm guessing maybe she, she doesn't have that arrow in her quiver. Well, I'm going to tell you, I have nine sisters, and two of them were abused and raised themselves. The first thing they did is came and told me and my wow. five other brothers. We went and took care of it. They didn't call the cops. Because I'm going to put it like this. The way I see it, when a tragic incident like that takes place, the first thing that most people want to do is to get back at whoever well, did No, you're absolutely them. right, and that's terrible what happened to your family members, but not everybody reacts the same way. Thanks for your call, 1030 The Time, Talk Radio 790-KBC, 1-800-222-KBC, the number. Let's check in on headlines. 1036 The Time, Talk Radio 790-KABC, Royal Oaks, in for Peter Tilden. Happy Friday to you all. We don't know if it's going to be a happy Friday for Judge Kavanaugh. The undecideds are becoming decided. Earlier today, um, Heidi Heidkamp, the uh, red state Democrat, uh, decided no, she's going to vote against Kavanaugh. So that uh, is not uh, a vote that might save uh, Kavanaugh in case a few more Republicans uh, abandon ship. Now, we heard this morning that uh, Arizona Senator Flake, no friend of uh, President Trump, he is a big yes, reportedly, for Kavanaugh. We heard Murkowski's a no from Alaska. So where does that leave us? It leaves us with two people, Republican Collins from Maine and Red State Democrat Mansion from West Virginia. And Collins is going to announce her decision at noon today, high noon, Los Angeles time. How would you vote 
on Kavanaugh, 1-800-222-KABC. Let's go to Diane. You're on KBC with Royal Inn for Peter. How are you doing, Diane? I'm doing great, Royal. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I would be a resounding absolute yes um, for Kavanaugh. Now, what's your um, reason? Number one, I don't believe the allegations that she made against. She couldn't prove them. She had no one to corroborate her story. But what really disturbs me about I mean, I know everyone's entitled to their opinion, but all these people that are coming forth with, oh, he was angry, he was aggressive, his outburst, his this and that, it's like, you know damn well that if it was them with these accusations against them, unfounded or unproven allegations, they would be the same way. But what's even more disturbing is how many years has he been on the bench, like 28 there would be records and Democrats pulling forth everything they could find on him if he had this type of behavior in the past. It would be all over the news. Well, you're right. And, of course, there were, what, five or six FBI investigations, and, and we had a clean bill of health on all of that. And, you know, you know, I agree with you in terms of the, the judicial temperament. They're giving him a lot of crap over the fact that he was, you know, just like Matt Damon was on Saturday Night Live. That was a perfect take. Yeah, he was super emotional and angry, and he did call out the Clintons and, and the Democratic conspiracy and people say well how can he be how can he be fair when he goes onto the court hey how about rbg notorious ruth bader ginsburg she basically called trump an idiot nobody on the left suggested she would have any problem weighing in on any case after uh, trump's uh, involving trump's administration trump is a constant litigant in front of the high court she's voted against him every time what about the travel ban stuff she joined the the other justices who said oh i, I think this was a racist attitude by donald trump he just doesn't like muslims so we're going to strike down the ban nobody said oh my gosh ruth bader ginsburg called him a, a, an idiot so she shouldn't be allowed to vote the fact is they are political animals but they're they're also judicial animals, and they're supposed to follow the rules. Let's get back to the phones, 1-800-222-KABC. If you'd like to weigh in, let's go to Dale in Los Angeles. You're on KBC. Welcome. Good morning, Royal. Um, I would have to vote yes for, for just Kavanaugh. So what's your reasoning? My reasoning is, like Diane said, that the preponderance of the evidence is not there. When you accuse someone of something like that, it, you, it's allegations in this day and age, it's, it's almost like, you know, you're, you're guilty and you have to prove yourself innocent. And I, I don't think, I, I think if we look deep into this thing, I mean, it, you have to look at what Diane Feinstein did. Uh, you have to look at if the FBI runs a background check on you six times, trust me, this would have come up. And, and I've, I've had a background check done. It, it well, on the other hand, on the other hand, this is a. I agree with respect to all the craziness of this. You know, Michael Avenatti's client about the gang raping and the rape on the boat and so on. But this is a discreet, private episode uh, happening allegedly at a party when she in 1982 or thereabouts. She didn't quite have the year. So, well, in that sense, I can see how that would slip through the cracks of an FBI investigation no. because how no. would it come up? No, Royal, because when you, those investigators are very savvy. When they're sitting in your living room and it's one-on-one and they're talking to you, they're trained professionals because they go through so much that you don't even know that they already know. I mean, 
Yeah, no, you're right. They're really they're really good at their job, but they're not Karnak the Magnificent. They don't have some sort of uh, uh, weird uh, pow- supernatural powers. Uh, I, I think you just have to judge uh, her her uh, allegations based on whether there's any corroboration. I don't think you can really infer a lot from the fact that it didn't pop up in the FBI investigations. Hey, let's go to Stacy in uh, Century City. Stacy, how would you vote on the Kavanaugh nomination? Absolute no. Okay, well, what's your reason? I want to ask a question. Well, I, I want to ask a question of sure. you. You're a lawyer. Yes. Okay, let's just put aside all the sexual assault uh, by, uh, allegations and the drinking and the bad behavior. The man committed perjury almost 30 times under oath. Doesn't that mean something? So what were the what most he- egregious lies that you uh, understand that he told under oath? The most egregious one. Because yeah, we don't have time to go through all 30. What, what were the okay. biggest ones? The biggest ones are when he lied about receiving the stolen emails uh, from uh, Manny Miranda, who worked for Warren Hatch and stole over an 18-month period over 4,000 documents having to do with the Democrats' strategy for defeating Bush nominations. Okay, what would number two on your list be? What was the second worst lie? His lying about working with John Yoo on the torture memos. Okay, what you're raising, Stacy, are things that he has responses to, and I gotta say, if in fact they were smoking gun lies, the Democrats, who consist of really smart former prosecutors, Blumenthal and those other guys, you know, Senator Durbin, I'm sorry, Senator Durbin, uh, they were really good, and they scored a lot of points, but they didn't have the egregious, you know, go to jail well, for be, perjury type me, lies. May I interrupt you? Go ahead, go ahead. Because Charles Grassley stamped every single one of those documents committee confidential, and therefore they couldn't be shown. But this morning, the American Bar Association came out. They've never done this before, and they're reopening their evaluation of his credentials. And I heard that, Stacey. I heard that they're actually concerned about his temperament. Ted Olson, uh, the big uh, GOP lawyer, resigned his membership of the ABA. It it has gotten kind of political. Hey, Stacey, thank you for sharing your thoughts. 1-800-222-KBC, the number. Royal Oaks in for Peter Tilden. 1043 on KBC. Stay with us. 1040 at the time. Talk Radio 790K ABC Royal Oaks. In for Peter Tilden. We're talking Kavanaugh, of course. Hey, they're back. Steve Edwards, Dorothy Lucy, and Jillian Barbary are reunited and uncensored on the OKLA podcast. This week, Steve denies dating a very famous entertainment reporter. Jillian reveals her Kardashian babysitter and Dorothy's interview with a breastfeeding woman. Gossip and laughs. Download the latest OKLA podcast right now at kabc.com. Tune in and audio boom. Let's get back to the phone. Patricia in Los Angeles. You're on KBC. Welcome. Hi. Hey, Patricia. How do you vote on Kavanaugh? I vote yes. And uh, how come? Because uh, I don't believe uh, the woman. I don't believe there's just too much that she doesn't remember. And as uh, a woman myself that was raped 50 years ago, I remember everything. I remember where it was. I can describe the man to this day. Um, I still have the outfit that I was wearing. Wow. I, I I remember everything, and she's just too sketchy. And to ruin a man's reputation, I go, whether he gets elected or not, I go, his reputation is ruined and just... Well, thank you for... 
Yeah, thank you for sharing your story, Patricia. And it's true, a lot of people are very concerned about the holes in the story. Some people say, well, you know, you, repressed memories, you, you try to put it out of your mind. But, uh, uh, yeah, your experience, uh, I mean, this is this is really, really dramatic stuff. Let's stick with the phones. Richard in Beverly Hills, you're on KBC. Welcome. How you doing? Great show. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I vote no for one reason. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm probably going to shoot myself for thinking about it. But Feinstein did bring it up to point that even in California, it's 21 to be drinking. And here's a, a supposed, you know, to be a court justice. He's defending alcohol. And look at his friend. You know, his friend is an alcoholic. Well, so, now, hold on. Hold on a minute. You don't, you're not really saying that because a guy uh, was doing a bunch of drinking and he loved beer in high school, and, and he was talking about the drinking age being 18 or whatever, but let's assume it was Ill- illegal. I mean, high school kids do that. You don't think that that would disqualify somebody or being a friend with a blackout drunk who writes about his addiction later. You don't think those things would really disqualify a person from being on the Supreme Court, do you? Well, it's just like Ginsburg. It was pot smoking. So under the circumstances... Yeah, so Douglas Ginsburg admitted smoking dope with his students when he was a teacher at Harvard Law School. And at the time, this was in the middle of the Bork situation, uh, at the time it was Bork, then there was Ginsburg, and then we got Anthony Kennedy. Uh, that That seemed kind of extreme. I think today... Richard, I don't think anybody would really care if a law professor fired up a doobie with their students. I mean, that's just a difference between now and 30 years ago. Well, look at California. 2016, we tried to make the the drinking age to 18, and hey, that doesn't work here. Right. So you're looking at a judge that even if he gets on the bench, you know, you're looking at changing uh, California to be 18, and guess how many wrecks you're going to have then, okay? Well, you you know, you have an interesting take on it. I don't think most people uh, think of the alcohol angle here. I think people have focused on the fact that it's a little weird that uh, Kavanaugh, being a fairly heavy drinker back then, would claim that he never had any blackout situations. I mean, how would you know if if you had a blackout situation? So I think his alcohol use has been the real pivotal problem for for his nomination. Let's move to Don, City of Industry. Don, you're on KBC with Royal in for Peter Tilden. Welcome, Don. Hi, Royal. Great job filling in. Thank you. Man, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'd vote very strongly for Judge Kavanaugh. If I could vote twice, I would. But, well, yeah, I don't think they're going to let you vote twice. Uh, I have my doubts as to whether they're going to let you vote even once. But what's your reason? Yeah, well, number one, you know, I, uh, I'm a movement conservative. I agree with his judicial philosophy. But beyond that, voting against and voting it down is just going to legitimate legitimize this process of character assassination and smearing and uh it's despicable it simply couldn't stand his impeccable credentials beforehand were fine now he's been smeared they've tried to destroy him publicly and then then they act act surprised that oh because he gets mad i like to see a judge that has a has a little humanity you remember that judge in the manafort case who said you know, this guy was a pistol up on the bench. He said mm-hmm. something about, oh, yeah, you guys are squeezing this guy. to Because make you want to impeach Donald Trump. Forward. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. admired his candor as well. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, you, you can't blame Kavanaugh for just going, going totally ballistic, uh, it, it, we, given the nature of the allegations against him. 1053 The Time, Talk Radio 790 KABC, Royal Oaks, Inf- Peter Tilden, our number 1-800-222-KABC. Ten fifty-eight. The time. Talk radio is seven ninety KBC. Royal Oaks in for Peter Tilden talking about uh, the Kavanaugh nomination. One hour from now, plus a minute and forty-two seconds, Senator Collins will reveal her vote. Right now, Sandra from Alhambra will reveal her opinion about Kavanaugh. Welcome, Sandra. What's your take? 
Hi. Uh, yeah, I would vote yes. Uh, same with Patricia. I, 40 years ago, same thing happened to me. Thank goodness I wasn't raped, but I was strong enough to get away. And um, I had a different uh, response. I certainly felt like that was something I could learn from and make certain I didn't ever put myself in that position again. And I brought up my children to think the same. Right. Um, I also, something that I haven't heard brought up that I would never have done, had there been someone involved in that situation and I ran into them, I would never have said hi. <laughs> I would have I would have been disgusted. Yeah, oh, and absolutely. I, you know, that surprised me that that was, would have been her response had she... You know, I, I didn't understand that. Yeah, really good point, Sandra. Appreciate you sharing your experience. And, you know, I think the most troubling thing uh, that a lot of people felt about uh, Dr. Ford was she first said it was the mid-'80s, then she said it was the early-'80s, and then she was able to nail it down to 1982. So that raised suspicions. 1059, stick with us. Dramatic hour coming up, topped off by the Collins announcement. KBC, Royal Oaks in for Peter Tilden. It's Peter Tilden. At 10! Seven oh five. The time. Talk radio is seven ninety K A B C Royal Oaks. In for Peter Tilden uh, this Friday morning. Rather dramatic Friday morning. The big Kavanaugh decision looming. We're going to find out at noon our time how Senator Collins is going to vote. And the math is such that if she bails on Kavanaugh, the only hope would be a red state Democrat mansion to vote for the nomination. Let's get your thoughts. One eight hundred two 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 K A B C. Mike from El Segundo. You're on the air. Hi. Um, yes, I would absolutely very emphatically vote in favor of um, approving the nomination of Judge, Judge Kavanaugh. Okay, well, what's your reason? Nomination. Okay, because the future of our country and the integrity of our Constitution depends on it. Our Constitution has been under severe attack by left-wing judicial activist judges who violate Article 5, which gives the only legitimate constitutional methods for amending the Constitution. Both those methods involve a supermajority of elected representatives, either federal or state, and they do not involve any judges, certainly not um, appointed, you know, non-elected appointed for life judges. So our protections, including um, separation of powers, balance of powers, the limited enumerated powers in the Constitution, the Second Amendment, right, the people keeping bare arms, all these protections that the founders put in the Constitution to help us protect our freedom have been under attack for decades. So what you're saying is that the issues are so important that we need somebody like Kavanaugh, who's pretty much in sync with your view. But, of course, there is the question as to whether he is a a proper candidate. I mean, you wouldn't wouldn't, uh, have a, a triple murderer on the court just because he would vote exactly the way you would, right? Well, right. I'm surprised the Democrats haven't accused him of triple murder. I'm surprised they did not go back to his nursery school days to dig up dirt um, or invent dirt and fabricate it. I, I believe that this is huge fabrications going on, that the Democrats, they just pull out all the stops to prevent an originalist and strict constructionist from getting on the court. 
they want, if they cannot get a left-wing judicial activist, at least they want someone who will vote with them at least some of the time. And well, you're absolutely I, I, right. You know what, Mike, uh, what we're seeing are two gigantic motivations by the Democrats to exaggerate, to delay, to, to not play fair, to cheat. Number one, they think the Republicans cheated. They think that when the Republicans stopped Merrick Garland from even getting a hearing, that meant, okay, gloves are off, guys. You want to play dirty? When you go low, we go low, to, to misquote Michelle Obama. And so I think that was their justification for playing dirty this year. The second motivation being, oh, my God, the stakes couldn't be bigger. The Supreme Court gives us affirmative action and abortion rights and same-sex marriage. And Obamacare was saved by the Supreme Court. This is critical. Our whole way of life is at stake. We've got to bend the rules and pretend like we're being fair and we're really concerned and thoroughness when, in fact, all we care about is delay. So, yeah, I, I think that's but what's that's happening. Why Article 5 is in the Constitution. If there's a very large um, super consensus or super majority that agrees we need to make changes, you have to go through Article 5, so super majority of Congress or super majority of state legislatures. And we have judges, you not only have a much smaller number of people making these decisions, and not only are they not even elected and they're appointed for life, but their decision is the last word because Congress cannot override a Supreme Court decision. No, you're right. It's the aware. terminal bus. They get the last word, and it's hugely important. But again, you got to make sure that these people are fit. You know, we've got some breaking news. Apparently, uh, McConnell, the head of the Republicans in the Senate, is saying he's optimistic about the vote by Collins after having lunch with her. So maybe that's a little preview of what we're going to hear in uh, 51 minutes and 29 seconds. Let's go to uh, Parks in San Clemente. You're on KBC with Royal Oaks in for Peter Tilden. Hey, Parks. Hi, Roy. I, I don't know how I follow that. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> Tough act to follow, but you, you're the headliner. How would you vote? Well, I, I, I guess I vote no, but I just have to say I'm, I'm kind of opposed to this whole idea that we have uh, a court where these guys are appointed for life. Uh, when this started, people lived to be 60. Now they lived to be 90. What's going to happen when they lived to be 100? And how ironic, how ironic, Parks, that the reason they are lifetime appointees is so that they'll be above politics, above the fray. Well, that's, yeah, and actually, that works out, because sometimes, like David Souter, you know, he was appointed by Bush, and it turned out mm -hmm. he was about as progressive as anybody uh, on the court in recent history, and that's because with a lifetime appointment, he didn't have to answer to any political master, and some yeah, people were very unhappy yeah, with yeah. that, but, but, but yeah, it's ironic, because now we're getting the Kavanaugh situation, and everything's drenched in politics, even though it's supposed to be above the fray. Yeah, but that's the exception that proves the rule, I think. And also, the thing I want to say, the only other country that appoints lifetime judges in the Supreme Court is Iran. So, that, so that's a bad <laughs> sign. Okay, I, I get you. Thank you, Parks, for your thoughts. Uh, let's go to Brian in West Hollywood. You're on KBC with Royal Inn for Peter. How are you doing, Brian? Yes, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I uh, have listened to you various times. You certainly make your points very valid and very effective. Thank you. And I want to say this. I agree the appointment was good, the confirmation should be forthcoming shortly, and that should be a yes also. I was uh, looking at Canada's requirements, and they have two items that are considerably different than here. And number one is the appointment to the Canadian Supreme Court does not require any confirmation, and therefore it doesn't create any political animosity and number two, the justice 
in the Supreme Court of Canada must vacate their position at age 75. In other words, they cannot stay at that post any longer at, uh, beyond the age of 75. Right. In the United States, it's different. It's a lifetime appointment. I think it's easier to adopt or at least consider age 75 because it gives incoming uh, justices a chance to be elevated to the Supreme Court. So I think there's an advantage to do that. Well, you raise some interesting points. I guess on the no confirmation up in Canada, well, that might give the president a little bit too much power if you don't have the the Senate's ability to to say, yeah, we think that was a good idea. As for the age, you know, we've had some folks get up there. I don't think we've had too many you know, dementia doddering justices that that has created a problem. I, I mean, Canada, they're great for if you like Mounties and maple syrup. I don't know that we should be emulating their system. I think the genius of the American system is this checkerboard of checks and balances. I mean, the, well, the House can't do anything without the Senate. Right. The, the president can veto it. We can impeach the president. We can impeach Supreme Court members. If we get stupid and pass an unconstitutional law, the Supreme Court can knock it out as unconstitutional. It's this, this brilliant, genius system that, that the founders came up with in the 1700s that has actually served us so well. We are the breakthrough, shining example of liberal democracy in, in all of, of human history. And I think a lot of it is because this system stops the tyranny, either by the majority uh, of folks rising up and, and just destroying folks, or by the minority, where you have a monarch and so on. So I, I think it'd be tough to tinker with our system. No, but the one thing that I was concerned with, this appointment was completely political, and this created, created a lot of diversity in, uh, at least divisive. Well, name a, name a Supreme Court nominee who hasn't been right. pretty political but, the last you know, what, 50, 60 but, years, right? Let me, I want to ask you this. What do you think is being lost if we don't require confirmation? In other words, what are we losing by not requiring... Well, you're talking about the president nominates somebody and he's automatically in. In, where, where, in other words... Well, then you've got a president. Political. I mean, a lot of people don't like Donald Trump. You're gonna have a, you want a Donald Trump nominee with absolutely no oversight? No, but let me ask you, what is Canada losing by not doing this when their prime minister appoints somebody? In other words, they, they were a parliamentary system, right. but they don't require this, so therefore there's no political animosity when they appoint the incoming justice to the Canadian Supreme Court. In other words, they don't they don't go through any controversial issues. Now, no, you're right. They, they avoid a lot of controversy, and and things are probably calmer up there. Again, I guess I would just vote for uh, the idea of the idea of uh, having having some sort of oversight, some sort of check and balance. Hey, let's go to Donnie in Los Angeles. You're on KBC with Royland for Peter. How are you, Donnie? Hey, long time, man. Thanks for taking it. Hey, listen, uh, mine is definitely a no, no question. But my question is, why does nobody ignore the Justice Stevens that came out against this guy? Well, I don't think people are ignoring it. It's been kind of a big news story. Um, I guess some people, he's into, he's into his 90s. He's probably like 95 years old. Uh, another uh, rather up there justice who's still in the Supreme Court has made her opinion clear uh, about Trump. I don't know that she's weighed in on Kavanaugh. But so, yeah, I mean, whether they're former or current justices, Donnie, uh, some people are, are not shy about expressing their opinions. 
So you don't think he has no validity? Don't wait for a, a, a sitting justice for all those years, and he's coming out against the guy. Let's face oh, it; he's he's a, he's a political animal too. He he w- was appointed by a politician. He had uh, his definite views. He would vote with his his uh, liberal block uh, on the Supreme Court, uh, just like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean, that, to me, the idea of of uh, uh, harping on the fact that Kavanaugh kind of lost it and got emotional defending himself against charges of gang rape and and, and then gave, having the charge of partisanship. What about Ruth Bader Ginsburg? While sitting on the court, she is blasting Trump, calling him names, and then the very next month and the next two or three months, she's got all these court cases. Oh, well, I'm going to decide how to vote on this Trump case. Oh, well, the travel ban's out because Trump's a racist. He doesn't like Muslims. She already tipped her hand. People are saying, well, if Kavanaugh were on the court, he'd have to recuse himself from everything. No, I think what he does is he calms down, as he did in his op-ed piece in, in the uh, Wall Street Journal this morning and say, yeah, I was over the top. I was there as a son, as a father, uh, as, uh, as a dad. And, and I, you know, I, I was too emotional. But this stuff is really, really serious. And it is destructive of uh, the reputations. 1160 in the time. Talk radio 790-KABC. Royal Oaks in for Peter Tilden. 1-800-222-KABC is the number if you'd like to join the conversation. We're having our countdown. Noon is when Senator Collins announces how she will vote. That could tell the tale on Kavanaugh's fate. Let's go to Patrick in Long Beach. You're on the air. Hi, Royal. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. I would definitely vote for Judge Kavanaugh. And I think I've never been a big Lindsey Graham fan, but his speech last week after the uh, interviews with the committee between Dr. Ford and Kavanaugh, just, I mean, it was just had me jumping out of my seat. It was, it was so impassioned, and I think he nailed it. I think it's just been a character assassination. He was and really think, emotional. Think, you don't think he was chewing the scenery too much, huh? No. <laughs> I think um, Senator Feinstein, you know, she knew about this allegation in July. If she really believed it, she really thought it was credible. They would have acted on it sooner. Wasn't that amazing for her to sit on that? Because as Grassley pointed out over and over, all she had to do was give it to the FBI and say, I'm redacting the names. This is confidential, but it's important. Or give it to her fellow uh, senators on the committee, even just the Democrats. She didn't tell anybody. As a matter of fact, we're going to break some news later in this hour. We are going to reveal where she was hiding the the letter. Uh, this has not been reported anywhere else. We're going to reveal where Feinstein was hiding the letter for for a couple of months. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. It, it just it just smacked of, of a lot of politics. Uh, but I guess you know, is anybody really surprised that they were so ticked off about Merrick Garland? They felt that they had to fight fire with fire. Well, and now she's claiming she can't vote for Kavanaugh because of his temperament. She's not saying anything about the allegations of the sexual misconduct, which makes me think even more she didn't believe it from the start. Are you talking about Feinstein uh, now? Yeah. Yeah, well, she was, ne- she was never going to vote for him. She had lots of reasons. Was, mm-hmm. Go ahead. The final point I want to make was you had a caller a few callers ago about talked about um, the background checks, and I've never been through one, but I had a very, very close couple close friends, and they literally go so far back and talk to everybody. They talk to my friend's fraternity brothers. They right. talk to all the cooks at his fraternity. They talk to coaches, and... Um, Alcohol or substance abuse is a standard question in those background checks. So if Kavanaugh had a drinking problem or a fighting problem or any of that, 
I think it would have come up. It is weird that since he's obviously such a big drinker, I mean, this guy is a big advertisement for Schlitz. It is weird that that didn't come up, considering the extent to which it did come up in the hearing. But in fairness, I have to say, you know, people have said, well, he had five background checks. If he did sexually assault Ford in that bedroom, the way it happened with Mark Judge stumbling around and maybe blacking out because he wrote a book about being a blackout drunk, if that happened, that wouldn't necessarily have come up in an FBI investigation. I mean, how would it come up unless Dr. Ford happened, because she didn't tell anybody, which, you know, you could say is fishy, but let's take it at face value. She didn't tell anybody. It did happen. How could the FBI know about it? So, you know, you, you, you can't dismiss it, and yet, Boy, talk about an attempt at corroboration. There have been a lot of interviews, a, a lot of hard work to try to figure out, uh, you know, to try to get to the bottom of it. Hey, let's go to Larry in Lakewood. Uh, you're on KBC with Royal and for Peter. Hey, Larry. Hey, Royal. How you doing, I'm sir? I'm doing great. Thank you, take, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Yes, um, I've been listening, and I'm a 52-year-old black man. I went to an all-boys Catholic school myself, all-white, actually. Now... Here's why I don't I don't agree with Kavanaugh. I'm only going by what I saw. I've never heard of the guy. Right. But my first encounter with him was at a hearing, and a young man who lost his daughter in a school shooting went to reach to shake his hand. Now, I'm, I'm kind of baffled by it, but maybe you can help me out. I don't know why he didn't shake his hand. The guy lost his daughter. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting angle. I, I saw a still picture of somebody reaching out and Kavanaugh not responding. I, I have read reports about how Kavanaugh, what kind of a creep is he? He won't even shake somebody's hand. I don't know the facts behind it. I mean, do we know, has anybody on Kavanaugh's side, I doubt that he specifically has addressed it, has anybody on Kavanaugh's side said, oh, you know, that's that's misleading. The reason he didn't uh, shake his hand is X, Y, Z, he didn't see the hand. Have you heard anything like that? Because it, it is a weird incident. I, I, and, that, and I was posing the question to you. I've never heard of it myself. And, and I'm thinking if the guy lost his daughter, regardless of any type of politics or anything uh, have to do with anything, he lost his child. If you, with the, I think it had something to do with the NRA. I don't know. But that was my first encounter. My second encounter, he's in front of the hearing in front of 300 million people, and he loses his temper. Now, I understand the gang rape and all the things going back into his past. I get that. I don't want people going back into my past. I, I did some things that I'm not proud of either. However, I'm only going by what I saw. First time, you don't shake a man's hand and loses his daughter. Second time, you 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 go off and lose your temper. Well, I got a, I, I got a theory, Larry, as to why he, he lost his temper, and part of it is, is acting and part of it is real. Of course, the horrendous allegations against him, including all the business about the gang rape, that would justify it. But I think he was taking a page from Clarence Thomas's book because in 1991, Clarence Thomas was reeling from this surprise allegation in his nomination hearing, and he came on so strong with emotion, and what he said was, this is a high-tech lynching of an uppity black man who would deign to have his own opinions, and that was electrifying. You don't see that kind of emotion in these corridors of power, and I think that Kavanaugh, especially after he was sort of mild in his Martha McCallum Fox News interview last week, people said, hey, pal, you got to be more feisty. I think he decided to kick it up a notch. And as we saw from Matt Damon on Saturday Night Live, he, he came out in the cold open. I'm going to start with an 11, and I'm going to take it up to a 15 right quick. That was the game plan, but that was also the, the function of his emotion. 
And we'll find out at noon today if it works, because at noon exactly today, that's when Senator Collins of Maine is going to announce up or down on the Kavanaugh vote. 11.23 the time, talk radio 790-KABC, Royal Oaks, in for Peter Tilton. And you you can join the conversation, 1-800-222-KABC, with your Kavanaugh vote. Stay with us. Talk Radio 790-KABC, Royal Oaks, in for Peter Tilden. At 11.20 at the time on a Friday morning, we're going to find out at noon how Senator Collins will vote. She could be the deciding vote on Brad Kavanaugh. 1-800-222-KABC for your vote. Let's go to Rod in Yorba Linda. Rod, how are you doing? Good morning, Royal. How are you? Good. So instead of the land of Lincoln, it's the land of Nixon you're in, huh? <laughs> yes, it is indeed. I can see the library from my house. Nice, nice. So how would you vote if you were Senator Rod? I would vote absolutely yes, and I have a point, and then I have a theory about yep. everything that's gone on. Right. My my point is that you got to see two sides of Judge Kavanaugh. In the initial interviews, you got to see Judge Kavanaugh, where he was unflappable when it came to the law and his opinions. On the second go-round, you got to see Brett Kavanaugh, who is the son and the father and the daughter. One of the things that appalls me, one of, the, one of your last callers said that he didn't like his attitude or his temperament because, uh, you know, he was being exposed. He was not being exposed. What he was angry about was the death threats and the rape threats to his 10-year-old daughter. Yeah, I think you're absolutely that, right that uh, you, we really did see two sides of him. So, so what's your theory? So my theory is this. Once they found out that they could not put a glove on him and his judicial record, they had to go to the Me Too movement. And when they went to the Me Too movement, they were going to crucify Judge Kavanaugh or Brett Kavanaugh for not only his sins, but they were going to crucify him for the sins of every other person that was either uh, raped or molested. And you know what that, what that accomplished? Molested. They were able to achieve the idea of we're going to accept as true any accusation, and that's the key to their argument. Appreciate your sharing your thoughts. 11.30 the time on KABC. Royal in for Peter. Call now. Call me if you're interested. What's your phone number? 800-ABC-KABC. As for the phone number, not the phone letters. That's 800-222-5222. Thank you. 11.36 the time, Talk Radio 790-KABC, the place Royal Oaks in for Peter Tilden. Happy Friday to you all. A dramatic day. In just 24 minutes, we're going to hear from Senator Collins. She'll tell us who she's going to vote for, up and down, up or down for Kavanaugh. By the way, Steve, I have to compliment the, this this uh, this young news guy you've got on the show today, Rob Marinko. Is his name? He's, I think he's going to be good, you know? He, he's got a lot to learn, a little rough around the edges, but don't you think he's got a future in the business? Yeah, well, well, the jury's still out. I mean, there are pronunciation issues and, you know, all that. But I think he, I think he's going to be good. So 1-800-222-KABC is the number. If you'd like to cast your vote up or down on Judge Kavanaugh, let's start out with Patricia in Los Angeles. You're on, Patricia. How are you doing? Uh, okay. Good. So what's um, your vote? Uh, yes. Your vote is yes. Um, I, now, now's the time yeah. when you get to explain. You have the floor. Why would you vote yes for Judge Kavanaugh? Uh, because I just don't trust the young lady. I go, well... What was it about her that you didn't trust? Did you see a bunch of that testimony? It was a pretty dramatic day a week ago. Uh, you know, but, but it just seemed to put on... Because she does just too much that's sketchy. And, and uh, being a woman that has been raped, 
um, and it's been 50 years ago. I, I, I can tell you that, um, you know, I don't, I haven't forgotten anything. And it, I it's so amazing, Patricia. We've had three or four callers today with stories that sound similar to yours. And, and, and isn't it amazing that, that rape survivors would listen to this woman and have real problems with their credibility? So many in society felt she was very credible. But from your perspective, if something traumatic happened, from your personal perspective, you would expect her to have some windowpane clarity, crystal clear recollections of these things? Is that your take on it? Yes, because yeah. if she could talk it over to with a counselor in 2012, that means it's been on her mind all this time. So if it's on her mind all this time, she should remember the house. She should remember everything that happened. She should remember. I mean, it shouldn't be so sketchy. And yeah. it's just. And as a matter of fact, it was on. Yeah, it was on her mind by her own acknowledgement. In fact, she blamed the the trauma of the tenth grade episode on her struggles academically in college. Uh, one of the things that uh, that Mitchell almost called her Andrea Mitchell, uh, the sex crimes prosecutor from Arizona, noted was that there wasn't any struggle in high school academically, but it did happen in college. So the prosecutor thought that was a little bit strange. Uh, yeah, it's there's just so many moving. Parts. Parts here. Appreciate you sharing your thoughts, Patricia. Let's go to Paul in the city of Orange. You're on KBC Royal in for Peter. Hi, Royal. Hello, Paul. So I definitely would vote for confirmation. Okay, and what's your reasoning? What's your reasoning? He has a an a just a spectacular clean record. The uh, American Bar Association gave him fantastic ratings until they decided to play the uh, sex game about it. Yeah, plus all the FBI investigations. Uh, I have expressed the view to some callers today that if, if this sex assault did happen when he was a senior, you can understand how it might not have gotten around to the point where an FBI guy coming in 30 years later would know about it. But in terms of the rest of his reputation and his life and whether he was rational and responsible, he makes himself sound like a pretty big drinker in high school and college, and yet... You know, he kept going back to the point of his academic success. And with all those investigations, it's a real head scratcher in terms of, you know, could he have been that bad just in general uh, with Not all logical. that level of accomplishment? Not logical. And I have two quick points to make. Sure. Yeah, a caller um, uh, a couple of minutes ago called and said he didn't shake a person's hand. And I saw that on television. Right. I don't know what I don't know what hearing he was in, but he was in a room full of people and a person comes running up to him from outside the immediate circle who he, he ab- absolutely looks startled like what's going on here mm-hmm. and uh, so that's a normal reaction not to stick your hand out you don't know what's going on right um it wasn't like the man was was with him and he went to shake hands to say goodbye uh and uh, the second point is that obviously i'm not a female but i i've had things in my life i was attacked when i was growing up i had a knife uh, pulled on me i can't tell you the date I can tell you exactly who did it. I, I could probably even uh, tell you what he looks like after all these years. So I, I don't think if there are things that happen in your life, you don't forget the details. Yep, I hear you. All right, Paul, thank you for sharing. Let's go to Susan in El Segundo, 1-800-222-KBC. If you'd like to cast your Kavanaugh vote one way or the other. Susan, you're on KBC. Welcome. Yes, I would vote yes, and mostly because I think he sounded like a brilliant man. I do not believe... The, the woman, uh, her stories just all fell apart. Um, but what I called about was the handshake. Right. 
I and b- by the way, on, by the way, Susan, even if he's brilliant, though, if he's a bad mm-hmm. guy, then you wouldn't want him on the court, right? No matter what, how if his IQ was up there with oh, Isaac true. Newton, right? True, but I don't think he's a bad person. I think he has high moral standards. I think he's very much a family man, and I think he would be very fair in his judgments. So, what's your take on the handshake, uh, handshake gate? <laughs> yeah, well, that I watched and. That was when all the chaos was going on in the courtroom and all the problems they had. And he went to get out, and the man came up. He didn't know what was going on, and the security man rushed him out. That's why he didn't shake hands. Yeah, you may be right. Uh, It seems like a pretty small thing to focus on. um, Yeah, right. All right, Susan, appreciate your thoughts uh, on KBC. Thank you for calling uh, 1-800-222-KABC if you'd like to weigh in. You know, to me, it's fascinating. We're going to hear in 18 minutes from Susan Collins of Maine as to how she's voting. Is anybody asking themselves why she is making an announcement at noon Pacific time about this vote that's going to happen tomorrow? What is her reason? I mean, maybe she's going to vote yes, and she wants to avoid the anti-Kavanaugh pressure, you know, people cornering her in elevators like we saw with Senator Flake. Maybe she doesn't like being under this microscope. I mean, you know, we've heard that Profiles in Courage, the Kennedy book, talked about the one guy that saved uh, President Johnson from impeachment back in the 1860s. One man was under this microscope. Well, right now, After Collins announces in 18 minutes, there is going to be one man under the microscope, and that is going to be Manchin from West Virginia. And if she says no, the only way Kavanaugh gets confirmed up to that 50-50 tie that can be broken by Pence, the only way would be if Manchin switches from the Democrat approach to the Republican approach. We're going to know in a very few minutes. And by the way, we've been telling you we're going to break the news in a couple of minutes. You're going to find out where... The letter from Dr. Ford had been kept secreted by Dianne Feinstein right here on KABC. 1-800-222-KABC. Stay with us. 1146 The Time. Talk Radio 790 KABC. Royal Oaks in for Peter Tilden. The Kavanaugh announcement from Senator Collins. A mere 13 minutes away. But your opinion right now on the air, 1-800-222-KABC. Let's go to Karen in Pasadena. You're on KBC. Welcome. Hi, uh, Royal. I'm so glad you're on the air. You should be on now. Thank you. Thank you. So what's your take on Kavanaugh? I vote yes, and I'm going to tell you, I guess I'm missing something, but in her testimony, she talked about the Washington Post. I was sexually violated. I remember what I wore and where I was, but I wouldn't have gone to a newspaper first. And then when the newspaper didn't contact her in time, she called him back. I mean, why isn't anybody sort of looking at her quest, that zeal that she seems to have to want to bring a good man down. I think the reason, Karen, is that people are not comfortable uh, beating up on uh, victims, alleged victims, uh, and that's why the Republicans brought in uh, the sex crimes prosecutor from Arizona, uh, a woman who was friendly, who was sympathetic, uh, very diligent in her questioning. So I think that's the answer to the question, is that it's all optics, it's all politics, and the Republicans didn't want to be bashed. It really is, and and it's a sad thing. And and I was not even thinking about voting in the primaries, but you can bet I'm voting this time because I think to bring a good man down to to destroy that man's life uh, based on rumor in any window, I think that's a travesty. All right, stopped. Karen, thank Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Appreciate it. Let's go to Teresa in San Juan Capistrano. Teresa, you're on the air. 
Hi, Rob. I always love you when you're on the air. Thank you. But, uh, you've had a lot of no's, so I want to do a really strong yes. So let me just make a couple points, and then you can respond. So first of all, the FBI were only allowed seven people by the president. There were 40 people that came forward that were not allowed to testify. And the second thing is we never heard any of the results of anything. And uh, with, with Garland, it took a full year to, to uh, confirm or not confirm it. They refused the hearing. And the uh, last thing I want to say, as far as RBG, she apologized for her, her remarks. Kavanaugh has never apologized. For one thing, he could at least have said, I'm sorry that she has this memory, had showed some compassion, which he did not. And um, she has, in the records, which never came forward, uh, it shows that she went to her therapist and told her about this, yeah. and also her husband. Well, you make and some good points, Teresa. I mean, yeah, you make some good points. I mean, you're right. A lot more people could have been consulted. Uh, the Republicans were motivated to speed it along. The Democrats were motivated to delay it. Uh, but you know, this guy really was uh, vetted over so many years. It, it's it's hard to know what the sweet spot is in terms of the investigation. But obviously, uh, the book is closed on that now. Uh, let's go to uh, Bob in Moore Park. Uh, Bob, you're on KBC with the Royal Inn for Peter. Greetings. Hi. I've been a lawyer for 45 years, and I've run against more, tried more cases against judges that I can't even recount anymore. Well, that sounds this grim if you tried case, cases against the judges. Sounds like a losing battle. No, no, with judges. I know. I'm just joking. That's what I meant. I know. I cannot believe that people are going... In high school, he laid on top of a girl, and he drank in college. What does that have to do with the years he's been on the bench and the 300 opinions he's issued? Has anyone come out and said... No, you're absolutely oh, well, right. The problem, though, Bob, the problem is that it, it wasn't just drinking and, you know, typical uh, hormones. It was he sexually assaulted me. And the problem with listening to that is, you know, it's funny, uh, Bob, the judge talked about feeling like he was in the Twilight Zone. And I don't know, maybe you're yeah. old enough like me to remember the Twilight Zone episode. And there was one episode uh, where the little boy, Anthony, would wish people into the cornfield. And it was so scary because by the power of his mind, just because what he wanted, people were destroyed. And that's what some people felt about Dr. Ford. Just by her uncorroborated allegation, she shouldn't be able to destroy him. But if it could be corroborated, then, okay, that's different. Let's let, let's investigate. Let's get to the bottom of it. But the, the difficulty is everybody's motivations in Washington are just purely partisan. Uh, so it's really difficult to know what, what the real truth of it is. Let's go to Mary in Corona. You're on KBC. Welcome. Oh, hi. Yes, I vote yes for Kavanaugh. Okay. I want to put him in. Yeah, what's your reasoning? Um, I believe him, and I don't believe her, and um, there's been no witnesses that have verified what she said, and she didn't even remember if it was him in the beginning. And in and fact, I the, witnesses, yeah, the, witnesses she, the witnesses she named, actually, none of them actually backed up her story. So I think that was, that was pretty critical to the analysis. Hey, folks, we've been promising. Um, Dianne Feinstein hid the Dr. Ford letter in a particular place. The answer is actually provided by Randy Rainbow, who is a uh, commentator and a, um, a political satirist. Uh, I got about 20 seconds of Randy Rainbow here. He's a singer, and he's going to explain uh, where she hid the letter. Republicans assumed he was a shoe-in. Political control was all they saw. But look whose reputation's now in ruin. Judge Kavanaugh. 
Why, who could have foretold the accusations which Feinstein pulled last minute from her bra? Okay, there you go. I promised the answer, and we gave you the answer. Perhaps it's a little satirical stuff. 11.52 The Time, Talk Radio 790 KABC, Royal Oaks, in for Peter Tilden. In seven minutes, we will know Senator Collins' vote. And if you call 1-800-222-KABC, we'll know your vote even before that. Stay with us. 11.57 The Time, Talk Radio 790K, ABC, Royal Oaks. In for Peter Tilden in the last couple of minutes here before the big announcement from Senator Collins on Kavanaugh. Let's go back to the phones. Jacqueline in Long Beach. You're on KBC. How would you vote? No. Absolutely no. Okay, I'm going to put that in the absolutely no category. Uh, what's your reasoning, Jacqueline? Um, watched it from beginning to end. Most of the time all I heard was he wanted a beer. And the other thing is it's in the lie. It just reminded me of Trump all over again. And I'm just sick to death of the whole lying business. Did you require like closed captioning, uh, like a crawl at the bottom to translate? Because I noticed you're speaking a different language from Kavanaugh. Oh, am I from the moon? I'm joking, Jacqueline. You have that lovely British accent that actually gives you 25 extra IQ points. Oh, there you go, then. All right. That's why I listened very carefully. All right, well, we're going to put you in the no category. Uh, Kyle from uh, Covina, very alliterative. How would you vote, Kyle? I'm voting yes, absolutely yes. But I want to go back to the incident she described in the bedroom when she said Kavanaugh pushed her onto the bed. Right. And then started trying to take her clothes off. Right. And then she screamed, and he put her, his hand over his her mouth. Right. Wouldn't you know it, Kyle, just when you get to the most important part, we got to stop. Uh, folks, this has been amazing. Uh, stick around for Dr. Drew and uh, Lauren and for Senator Collins. Have a great day, and keep listening to KBC.